This is The Culture. Welcome back, guys. This is another episode of the Cinema Wave podcast. My name is Zach Miller, and I am here with one of my hosts, Liz. How are you? How I'm are you? Doing well. How's how you doing, Zach? Today we are talking about poor things. Thank you, Liz, for that. Thank you You're so welcome. much. You're welcome. Today we're talking about poor things. We're talking about Yorgos Lanthimos's latest installment of his fantastical film series genre that he just continues to explore. Um, but before we get into that, be sure to subscribe and follow our channel. We're also on TikTok and Instagram, and we are at Cinema Wave Media as well as Culture Wave Media. So be sure to go follow those handles and subscribe to our content. So now that we got that all laid away, let's get into the conversation Liz, poor things. Yes. What's your first impression of this film? There's so much to unpack. What a film, first of all. Mm -hmm. I Going into it... Okay, first of all, let me preface. I love Yorgos's films. Like, I'm a very big fan of his. Um, I've seen pr almost all of them. Probably not some of his earlier stuff, even though I probably should at this mm -hmm. point. Um, so I had very high expectations. I kind of already, even if I hated this movie, I probably was just going to love it because why not? Um, but I really loved this movie. I think it's so weird in the best way. I also think it's completely different than some of his other films. We were kind of talking about it a little bit before, but I think his past work, he like he used to like to look at the dark side of humans and um, leaned more to psychological <clears throat> thrillers, kind of. And this is his like happier, probably his happiest film. It's not very dark. Um, it definitely covers some heavy topics, but in terms of like gore or horror, um, I mean, he doesn't do horror, but he definitely does intense scenes. Um, Poor Things is not that. Poor Things is a story about a woman going out into the world and learning about life. Um, becoming liberated both sexually and uh, emotionally. Um, it's kind of take it's it's based off kind of young Frankenstein yeah. um, and taking a woman who uh, I don't want to get into too many spoilers, but essentially she is reconstructed into a being, and so the film follows her as she is going through like I don't want to say adolescence, but it's kind of like naive into being shocked by the world into learning the power that she has in, in the world and then eventually learning how to stand on her own two feet and start making real decisions. Um, I think it's just a beautiful film. I think it's funny. It's shocking. There is a lot of nudity in it. So Buck, I wasn't prepared for that. But I think um, sometimes nudity bothers me when it's not warranted. And I think that this film actually warranted it because it's supposed to show uh, the like sexual liberation that she's feeling. Yeah, I, I think the film has so much to offer um, artistically um, with all the filmmaking tropes that go into it, as well as just what is trying to be said. I mm -hmm. mean, there's there's just so much behind the story that, you know, this is a person who is basically born into the world. Um, and it's it's the Frankensteinian complex of like, She's experiencing the world for the first time in the first couple of days, couple of weeks, months yeah. as a full grown woman. So 
she has no idea of what social boundaries are. Like she has no idea of what it means to be a woman in that type of time period. Um, she has no construct of, you know, what kind of rules are we supposed to follow? Mm -hmm. So it's so chaotic in the best way possible. And I think that Yorgos uses so many different ways to illustrate that to the viewer, um, both through the set design and just everything with the performances and how he uses very nice stereotypes for the, the characters too. Like Mark Ruffalo is a very greedy, manipulative person. Rami Youssef is a really great nurturing person. Mm -hmm. And then Willem Dafoe is, is a father figure, I guess, but he's, he's God. <laughs> yes, exactly. His name is literally God for abbreviation. Um, so there's, there's just a lot to get into with this film. I think I'd honestly have to watch it several other times to pick up everything. I agree. But, yeah. Um, yeah, there's, there's a lot to get into. So, um, yeah, just, just that those are our first thoughts, but do you want to talk about Emma Stone and just like what her role is in the movie? We don't have yeah. to get into all of her we performance won't get yet, in, Yeah, we yeah. won't get into spoilers yet, but I think she is definitely the lead in this film and she carries that on her back. The performance is incredible. I would say it's probably the best in her of her career. I say so too. Um, yeah. For me, she hasn't done anything this... I don't want to say quirky because it's so much more than quirky since like her early films when she wasn't really a big star. I feel like this is finally the role where she gets to be super weird and neurotic and all over the place and have fun while also telling a deeply, deeply meaning like theme throughout the whole thing, which is about uh not being afraid to go out into the world and explore things. And yeah, you might be making mistakes or you might be, uh, you might fall on your ass sometimes, but you're still going to get back up and go figure it out again. Um, and I think she just does a really beautiful job of playing that naive naivety in the beginning, but then also transitioning into a full blown adult at the end. Mm -hmm. And I really don't know other people that could have pulled this off without making it look um, like she was crazy, this character, yeah. because she doesn't really touch into that at all. There's no moment that you're like, oh, she is losing it or delusional. You just fully look at that at Bella. Bella Baxter is the character. Yeah. What a great character name. But um, <laughs> yeah, she just does a really great job of playing it honestly and not making her feel stupid. Yes. You know, because yeah. it easily could have been like, oh, OK, she doesn't know how to do this. She like she she just didn't play her stupid. She just played her as somebody that had never experienced it before and was experiencing it for the first time. Yeah. Which I appreciated. Yeah. There's it It could have just been the slapstick, you know, classic Frankenstein, too, mm -hmm. where, you know, he's just a mumbling idiot and he's like walking around and he can't verbally talk like that's what we know as Frankenstein. So. For them to go off of this novel um, that is uh, based off of, it's called Poor Things Too, is 1992, Alist Alistair Gray's novel. But it's, a, it's another loose interpretation of Frankenstein. So for her to add the depth of, you know, how can we make this character become an infant to full-grown womanhood in a short time span? And she actually talked about that she developed five different stages for her performance. To I bet 
actually dissects and you can see the transition and the overall arc of her character throughout the whole movie so i think that like there's there's by the end of the movie she's not that infant self and she's understood the world enough with what she goes through that she's trying to push away the the naivete and and the um the you know the discourse that happens i, I think there's just like a lot of hurdles that she's getting over by the end and she's mm -hmm. trying to she's trying to actually liberate herself like she's she has an understanding of people and how I, she's been manipulated and then she um like like that's a very clean transition because it starts off with her being you know aloof and mm -hmm. then she becomes naive like oh i want to help people like like there's the poor scene um we'll get into and then just like she's she wants to help the poor oh you can't help the poor because the poor is this huge thing but she doesn't know that no because she's brand new to it and the concept of that but she's a very literal person a very honest person in that midsection of the movie and then later on she becomes that fully developed um woman liberation mm -hmm. moment which is great so for her to have that fluid arc throughout it and then for yorgos to maintain that too mm -hmm. and and just like direct that arc is is super great and i th i think it, it complements the story really well and it gives this super in the backdrop of the crazy atmosphere that it happens so i think that's really cool yeah but. i also read somewhere that they um uh filmed out of order like because okay. they needed, they were on soundstage and so they needed to shoot everything on that soundstage on that time frame mm -hmm. um so like to, for her to be able to have those different points and make them such clear differences, yeah. but then also be shooting out of order. I yeah. mean, that's incredibly hard to do. And from from what I see, she did it beautifully. Yeah. Like flawless. I really mm -hmm. could. I don't have any complaint about her performance yeah. at all. Um, I also think that she like for me, she really carried this film <coughs> and she made every moment just so funny. She yeah. really just cracked me up at some moments. Mm -hmm. And I know that the screenplay, like we'll talk more about the writing. Um, the writing itself was very funny, but I just think the way that she was able to manifest the delivery, also in her body. She was doing yeah. a lot of physical comedy and a lot of physical work, mm -hmm. which is a daunting task. Like that's hard to do, especially on film, because sometimes... I don't know what you think, but sometimes w when I see an actor doing a lot of physical work on camera, um, it can seem like a lot just because yeah. when you're doing too much on film, it picks up every little detail. It, but I don't know. The work she was doing was just incredible because it added to the character. It didn't make me distracted. I was like, OK, I'm understanding Bella's character more like through her movements. Yeah. Um, like, I'd love to talk to her and be like what exercises did you do to find Bella's walk yeah. or find uh, just some of her man mannerisms? Like yeah. it was such interesting acting work. Um, and I'd be interested <clears throat> to know if like uh, Lanthimos had an opinion on it or if he was just like, go find Bella and then come back to me and then we'll collaborate. I'd yeah. love to know more about the process. I know she was mentioning in a couple of her interviews um, that there was a strong rehearsal period where all of the actors would get together and then they would get to this um, physical and dance collaborative 
couple days or I don't know, weeks mm -hmm. where they were just kind of breaking the ice and the tension of, you know, we're going to be all over each other for the next however months of shooting. So let's get like just vulnerable with ourselves, with our bodies, because this story demands a very high intensity, like silliness in a way. And she says like, oh, yeah, it does look silly. But overall, like it was very nice to be in that space and just have that that freedom to do things and try things so for your goes to set that up and just break the ice and and set up like how different this experience is going to be than just rehearsing the lines and stuff and then they would also do um some mirroring exercises where they would just try and mirror everyone's movements or expressions and things like that so it was a lot of like almost theatrical mm. stuff and and a lot of the moments in this movie are pretty performative you know like there's there is a lot of like what you're saying with the physical movement too. yeah so that was definitely important to bella's infancy in the beginning like emma was also saying that her her body is a full-grown healthy woman's body but her brain is like catching up like yeah. like imagine that and she said i couldn't play it stupid like you have to play it as just something so different where, mm -hmm. where like you have to do something like that you're you're not you're not like dumb and and you're not like having problems you're you're kind of just like your brain is not developed to that yeah. age so what does that look like physically if you had a small brain and then everything else was caught up like what would that look like so they tried to invent their own style with that mm -hmm. and i respected that a lot um and just the way that yorgos could incorporate a pretty beautiful arc and and just encompassing all these worldly things while just having such silliness and i was i also wrote down like satirical shakespeare like yeah. the way that they would talk was just so like succinct and so sharp but it was it was hilarious every time they would like spit dialect off of each other it was it was just great like there's amazing quotes all throughout this movie and then each of the actors were were phenomenal with with their timing too. Mm. So, well, let's get in let's get into spoilers at this sure. point. Um, yeah. If you have not seen the film, you should go check it out. It's getting a lot of buzz from uh, critics, audience. I think it's going to be a big one with um, the award scene. So you should go. It's in theaters right now, um, and so from this point on, we are going to get into spoilers. So leave if you haven't seen it. Or stay if you want. Stick hear. around. Stick yeah. around if you want to. It'll be a much it. different conversation than what you want. Yeah. So <laughs> let's let's start from the beginning. Yeah. We're introduced to uh, this world of just it's such an interesting world that Lanthimos built because it's not super. It's not completely fantastical, but it's also not a real um, today society. It's yeah. kind of. It's period. Yeah, yeah. yeah. It's no, it period, is period, but also f I just keep thinking of the word fantastical because yeah. like surreal. Yes. Mm -hmm. Um, very storybook ish, and I think a part of it is because you enter this world of this man, um, played by William Defoe, who is this. I don't want to say mad scientist, but he's just like a creator. I guess yeah. we'll call him. He's definitely pretty he's, nutty, he's though. Cra he's crazy. He's he's mm -hmm. v like a a creator who 
uh, created Bella in the beginning is all that you know, that he she refers to him as God. He is her creator and he has a very soft spot for her. He loves her. He treats her as a daughter. Mm. Um, but then also you see throughout the house like these weird creatures running around. Amazing. You see like what what was it like a dog on like a duck's, a duck's body head, or yeah. something? And yeah, there, there was like a chicken and a pug on the head. Yeah, it was like, like crazy <laughs> it was stuff. Together. And so it's just like Frankenstein to a T of mm. him piecing all these bodies together. Um, and then he also teaches um, like a class. Yeah. Um, and so you're introduced to Bella. He ends up bringing in one of his students uh, to come and just kind of like watch and take notes on her. Um and then the story unfolds from there yeah. where Mark Ruffalo's character comes in. I don't remember the who is Mark Ruffalo's character in so the beginning. So he's kind of a lawyer who steps in and um, Rami Youssef is like, I'm falling for yes. Bella. And mm -hmm. then and then Willem is like, I, you guys got to get married. And mm -hmm. then he's like, what? So then they eventually arrange a marriage and then Mark Ruffalo steps in and he's like, oh, you don't want to, you don't want to marry that guy. <laughs> you don't want to marry him. And then um, he he kind of impedes that entire process and then they run away together because he's like, I can show you everything about yeah, the world. He convinces her. And he's he's like, like, she's like, I, I don't know what it's like out there. I want to go. Yeah, so I'm going to go. And then and then she says, I'll be back and I'll, we'll, we'll be married when we when I come back. Um, and then the whole story goes into it just yeah. shifts completely because mm -hmm. here you think that she's going to go on like a fantastical adventure and go rule the world but really it ends up just being like her and mark ruffalo having sex for like three days I'm straight very... and her just like loving it and um it just then kind of uh, like a quote, it like takes off her rose colored glasses and she starts to like see the world for what it is. Mm -hmm. um, I think it also starts off in black and white. Yeah, and then when she gets out, it when turns she gets, to color. Yeah, yeah. right. Mm -hmm. uh, which, I mean, a lot of films have been doing that this season. I yeah, don't know yeah. what, maybe every, I don't know Something's what everybody water. decided, yeah, yeah. but <laughs> I mean, I think it worked in this film. Um, mm -hmm. And it just goes on this huge trip of her exploring uh, her sexuality with him, but then also realizing that maybe he's not the nicest person. Yeah. And uh, I mean, I just love it. I think it's a really interesting film. I also, uh, so I want to go back to um, what I was talking about before of Yargos's other films. This yeah. one's very different. Have you seen a lot of his films or only a yeah. couple? I've seen Lobster. I've seen The Favorite. Um, Killing of a Sacred Deer and Dogtooth are the only ones that I need to see. And I, th I think he has a couple shorts and okay. stuff, but yeah. Mm -hmm. But yeah, so... I mean, different, very, very different. different because I don't know about you, but I feel like all of his other films are just very dark. They are dark, very yeah. dark. They um, like uh, I think you have he he explains human relationships to and how you can use other people a lot in his in his other films. Yeah. And I think the interesting thing that makes poor things different <coughs> is fully Bella Baxter's character of not being able to manipulate people because she doesn't fully understand it. Yeah. Um and another thing that makes the character different than all of his other ones is there's no motive to try to manipulate people with her words. She is just fully honest. Honest. Yeah, yeah. 
And like some of the funniest scenes mm -hmm. happen because she's just blurting things out. Like one of my favorite ones was when they're, I think they're on the boat at this point. Yeah. And he's like kidnapped her and on the, the boat. And they're at the dinner yeah, yeah. and she just like spits out her food and he's like, Bella. Yeah. And she's like, why would I want this if it's disgusting? If it's revolting. Like, yeah. It's revolting. Why would I want this in my mouth? Yeah. And like the woman <laughs> then makes like a like a joke about it. it it's just such mm -hmm. smart writing. Mm -hmm. Um and so witty. But also like I can just tell that he didn't want to make her seem dumb he wanted yeah. to be like no she is an intelligent person she just hasn't lived a lot of life yeah which i then think um a lot of people can probably relate to that they're mm. like i just haven't lived a lot of life yet um i'm i'm i just need to go out there and experience things and either in order to have an opinion on the world yeah yeah i also think it was like <clears throat> if you took somebody from <clears throat> like a different planet and then you just drop them in the earth like, yeah they're kind of moseying around like try, doing the same experience of like wait why would i eat this or why would i do that or or if you took someone from 200 years ago and you dropped them in today like they have no awareness of what like social norms are you know no. like they're kind of just interacting or let's go back to a christmas classic elf he has no <laughs> idea what to do in new york city so like that kind of situational um humor was was amazing yeah i, I thought that they really took hold of that um to the fullest extent and and it paid off all the time i mm -hmm. think that was that was literally most of the movie how it was driven by situations that, sh that were unfamiliar to her mm -hmm. and then there were just the other hilarious like the the comedy of this film like there's visual comedy with the surroundings and then there's that satirical sense and then there's just like a lot of risque scenes like mm -hmm. where, where she's going through like like to us it's like oh my gosh like how is she just putting her her body out there like that he's it's the same thing with the filmmakers too they're like or the the characters in, in the movie they're like oh like you're gonna do that like are you sure and mm -hmm. then she's just like yeah like whatever like it's it's a liberating experience because she doesn't know anything else you yeah know? like she doesn't have to be tied to anything that her society says so like that's another big critique yeah she that, doesn't have limitations yeah. because she hasn't known the world mm -hmm. that she's living in right. long enough to know those limitations yeah um and i think that's really relevant and this is when the writing starts to become very smart in having a commentary on our society is i keep thinking of when she is she eventually starts working in a brothel yeah um and uh the like the the what it is is like the girls line up and the guy comes in and like picks one of them and she's all of a sudden like why why do why do the guys pick us why don't we pick them like why don't we volunteer <laughs> yeah. if we want to mm -hmm. uh like have sex with them and yeah. everybody's like what are you talking about like, like that's, that's not just how it is. that's just not yeah. how it's done and she's just like well, surely it can be changed, right? <laughs> and it's just such smart writing of having commentary without yeah. making it yeah. hitting the audience over the face because it is like, oh yeah, why can't it just be switched? Yeah. And for the people other than Bella, they're like, well, it's because how it's it's been. Yeah. But for her, she's like, just change it. Yeah, yeah. She's she's not challenging it off of like, oh, it has to change because she doesn't know anything before. She's like, or ch I want to challenge this because like. I'm a, like she's oblivious to it and she has no idea like why it would be a certain way because it's clearly not benefiting the women yeah. in the brothel so she's like well 
like it's not gonna help me if i have to sleep with this guy and like that's not that doesn't seem fair and i'm getting paid for it so like shouldn't i have a say in that and then they're like no no and no. they're like no 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 yeah, sit yeah. down honey like yeah, no, yeah. don't worry and but... then she's obviously having a, a miserable time but through those experiences and the longer that she's with duncan mark ruffalo mm-hmm. she learns the and becomes more accustomed to like the world atrocities like as well as being manipulated people taking advantage of her um you know the world is not all uh everything it's chalked up to be it's it's beautiful at some points where she visits places and then other places she's seeing some pretty dark disparaging things yeah like it's it's not good um so there's there's just a lot packed into her character and then just how how she sees the world is how it's raising awareness to how we should also see the world at points mm-hmm. too, which is what really cool. Yeah. Let's talk about Mark Ruffalo's performance. Yes. Yeah. I need to talk about Mark We got to talk yeah. about it. Um, very, very different than his whole career, I mm-hmm. feel like. I think he's taking a step out. Um, what did you think of it, Zach? I loved it. Um, I've seen so many times, I feel bad for the guy, but he was like terrified to do something like this because... Mm-hmm. Um, he's he's like so morally the opposite of what this character is like this guy is a deplorable manipulative conniving person and and he just takes advantage of any situation that he can get away with so mark ruffalo being like like the the guy that he is and he tries to take on a role like this it's it's definitely nice to see a change and mm-hmm. he said that he was tired of getting like the sad dad roles because he was getting like <laughs> he does he gets them. sad yeah which is not far off i mean i love his his roles before this as well but it was so nice to see him also be liberated in a mm-hmm. sense of like he's always looking for more and for someone to take a chance on him for this but i also understand like being so scared to do that and and being entrusted with that position in the film would be like so daring to to anybody who gets that that achievement and i mean he ran away with it for me and i i thought he was great his comedic timing was fantastic he was very funny yeah like there was the one scene where i think they had sex for the first time and then she said oh this was amazing how do people not do this all the time and he goes well even men have the limits and then he <laughs> and then she goes oh is, is that a weakness of this and he goes hmm i suppose it is <laughs> it's just it was so good like it, and it wasn't calling attention to itself they no, were just these it was hilarious like people yeah mm-hmm. it was just their chemistry together like they were all like bella was in her own world mm-hmm. mark ruffalo was in his own world and they like they just clash on screen and sometimes they have great chemistry and then when they start to get conflicted with each other they're still just in their own headspace and he's just like running away with his persona and i I loved like just how he would he would just take over with oh his his like he's he's also just um what's the word like he can't he he also is not dang it i can't i can't figure it out you can't figure yeah but he doesn't he doesn't care about people i guess what i'm trying to say i don't know what the word the, I forget, i'm blanking on the word for that Who, like, I'm, I'm, the character or mark ruffalo mark ruffalo um, oh. i'm sorry sorry um duncan like he yeah, doesn't yeah. care about people um <laughs> mark, mark ruffalo, doesn't mark ruffalo care about is people. duncan yeah, no no <laughs> no duncan um he just doesn't care about people but then he's he's so greedy at points that well he uses people yeah because yeah. he sees he he saw bella and he was like right. okay i can have this beautiful woman and just mm-hmm. like use her as much as i want to and then um she ends up 
really messing up and like giving away all his money and that's when he's just like ah. yeah yeah he's like oh my gosh and, he has a complete meltdown and yeah. then he finds out that she's also sleeping with other people and mm-hmm. so then that also ends it for him i i really loved his performance i will say with how good emma stone was though yeah. her arc was just so big and beautiful i wish he had a little bit more of an arc i think his character um for me it a little bit it started and ended a little bit on the same note i wish it was kind of like he came in and didn't show all his cards at least in the beginning so then by the end of it we were like okay this is a bad guy yeah. or like started off as a bad guy who gets everything that he wants and then end up being like the butt of the joke of like, oh, he's actually a loser who like who cares about him. I wish there was a little bit more of a difference. Yeah. But I mean, if he's already in stepping into a, a world that he's very uncomfortable with to be going against Emma Stone, who she was. Yeah. She showed up to play. She was like, she let's dominated. do this. I'm yeah. ready. Um. And I did read something that Mark Ruffalo, he was not really about the like sex scenes and like the nudity because he says too, which I think a lot of people say, like, unless it's prevalent or has a reason for it, he doesn't do it. Um, And so for him, there's a lot of it. There's a lot of nudity in this in this film. And so he probably was a little set off on it. But he Mm. came out and said that Emma Stone was the reason that he ended up being okay with it because she said she was like, no, this is for a reason. And it doesn't have to be like that awkward, like, oh, like we're two actors. She's like, let's just have fun with it and like figure this out. Yeah. Yeah. And make it a part of the story, yeah. which I think helps because if she takes the lead and makes it not uncomfortable, I think everybody else probably mm-hmm. followed her. And that's what made this film so successful is that everybody was throwing in all their imagination and willing to go as far as they possibly could. Yeah. I mean, there was something that I read, too. I think I just had it up that William Defoe, Where was it? Oh, he said uh, like about the makeup process. Have you heard this? That like he said it was four hours every morning getting oh into makeup gosh. and then two hours after to get wow. out of it. And so he's like, I'm showing up at three o'clock in the morning, sitting in the chair, meditating, meditating and trying to deal with standing still because you can't sleep. It's intricate enough that you've got to work with the people applying it. Wow. So it's unbelievable. I feel like to also have that dedication to, I mean, his makeup was gorgeous, not gorgeous, but like great work from the makeup designers. Mm -hmm. It looked flawless. And to have that dedication and will to just be sitting in makeup for four hours every day, Mm -hmm. they must have all just been like, let's do this. Let's get together and figure out this film. Yeah. Yeah, that there was there was a lot that they put into it, and I mean everything just kind of paid off. And I like that's another th- thing I want to talk about is is like all the work that would involve too, mm-hmm. just with, um, especially like the set design on this. If this movie does not win the Oscar for production design, I've given up. Like I will give up. I will sell it out. Like I don't. I don't know how, what else you need. You're to You're boycotting. Do. Yes. Wow. I will. I will. I mean, look like everything that i've looked at is people are like there were hand stitched walls there were like every this was not a facade of just couple uh buildings and stuff like like they, these were not just storefronts there was everything involved with where they were um you know all the color palette all of the the care into making this 
this like steampunk victorian surrealist like mm -hmm. thing like this was one of the most unique visually looking films i've ever seen and it was just so impressive what they were able to pull off and i love what yorgo said was like this is how bella is seeing the world like yeah. we want to see it through her eyes and it's looking like this huge glamorous set pieces and everything like that and then when it has the stark contrast of like this this abysmal like like there's paris and stuff that she doesn't have great experiences in and then she sees um the one setting with the poor mm -hmm. and there's like the broken staircase like sh she can't visually get to the poor like yeah. she can't service that um and then there's the higher class that's up on the hill and then they're down in the, the canyon like there is so much visual imagery that services the story it's the same thing with even the cinematography which we'll get into too but like mm -hmm. there's like just as much as the performances this movie was just on steroids in every sense it felt like a fever dream literally so, yeah so give me your thoughts on that too um i mean it's just so imaginary what he did and it's i keep saying this but it was so different than what yorgos usually does it's so much color usually he's much more simple sets kind of muted tones mm -hmm. and this he was just like all right let's do this let's really embrace um the like colorfulness and um just the first time of seeing things i mean also the costumes oh my gosh that too that should win that sh it should absolutely yeah. win because it, it wasn't also just simple oh like let's do pretty uh colorful patterns it was mm -hmm. over the top huge puffy sleeves mm -hmm. um like her wearing shorts all the time with like these long capes i just loved it it was so off the beaten track but in the best way possible yeah um and i think that they set themselves up really well for that transition of going black and white to color because of the um, camera work that they did with the black and white shots. Yeah. I mean, we were talking about it before uh, a little bit of the uh, what's it called? I keep messing up the name of the shot. Oh, the fish eye lens? The fish yeah, eye yeah, yeah. You want to talk about this? Let's talk about it. Yeah. Talk to me about it, Zach. Um, so I did some research on like how they shot this movie and um, on the favorite, their DP, Robbie Ryan, who was the same one on this one too. Mm -hmm. Um they in the favorite they shot on a six millimeter lens okay and robbie ryan said i thought that was the widest that they could go and not only he found out that there is a four millimeter optex lens um and this is originally meant for a 16 millimeter camera so when you pop your lens into the camera you're going to try and get a different box around it basically like in a nutshell that's mm -hmm. kind of what the science is but so that is the reason for a lot of the vignette, mm -hmm. the black like silhouette around it is because it was meant for a 16 millimeter camera, but it went on to a 35. So that black was kind of like filling in. So they were just doing a number of tests to see what would visually give a good film. And they've never done this combination before, yeah. to my knowledge. So when they um, applied this, that's what they got and they were like okay let's let's do that and then robbie ryan was saying he wanted to create an awkward feel consistent with mm -hmm. the feeling of of the world and the vastness and then just like looking into another world creating a portal like atmosphere which i completely got from that and me too the just the the distortion i think fit with poor things a little more than the favorite like i liked the favorite a lot me too um 
it was a period piece and it was straight like royalty and that kind of thing. And there were definitely points where it was meant to off put you. But I think with this one, because it was so imaginary, like you were saying, like it just totally accentuated everything else that was going on. But um, yeah, what did you think of like more of the, the stuff cinematography? I mean, I was just blown away by it. I, also <clears throat> because they were doing things that like pushing the envelope a little bit. And I just think it's such a great film because you're seeing all these departments honestly putting out their best work. Yeah. Like you have makeup and hair putting out their best work, costume putting out their best designs. And then you also have uh, the photography just being pushing the envelope and being like, OK, let's try this. Let's see how like weird we can kind of get this without making it bad yeah which i think is such a hard line to be towing of how um quirky and off like just off can you make something without it being unpalpable for the audience yeah yeah and exactly. i think they i think they did great honestly i think this is i i understand now why it's getting such hype i think yeah. it's such a fun film to watch um i am curious though is there anything that you didn't like about it or do you think it's a pretty perfect film um i don't know i don't know if there's anything i, I think i'd have to do a rewatch to to really see if there was something that threw me off i i think it it gets a little repetitive in the brothel um just not even for the sense of nudity but just the the lesson she's learning mm -hmm. in that sequence there's a number of scenes where She's going through hilarious moments where, you know, some of the men she encounters, like the one guy has a claw of her hand. Terrifying then looking. There, then there's a dad that walks in with his two oh kids. Oh my God, I forgot about that. And then he's like, all right, kids, I'm going to show you how to have sex. And then he starts teaching. It's like absurd. Up. It's, it's crazy. Very absurd. And I mean, it, it's definitely degrading in, in a sense for Emma Stone. Like that would be degrading for anybody so i understand why it was in the movie but it's not degrading to like the character of bella no that's the crazy no. thing is that her character the whole time she's just like yeah i want to be doing this mm -hmm. i wouldn't be doing this if i didn't want to yeah she sees it as just another experience and then she's just like oh yeah i'm just gonna make some money and then mm -hmm. and then she returns to mark ruffalo she's like yeah i made some money for us and yeah like, and he's like what? what did you do bella <laughs> bella it was amazing um so I I don't know if there's but that that wasn't like a huge takeaway for me. That wasn't like a like a deal breaker. No. Yeah, it wasn't a deal breaker. Like like could like if if and if that was me making the film which you know it's not something that I'm not going to get picky about that, I guess. Mm -hmm. So like there's always little things here and there with every film if you look at it, but I can understand why it was input, but I don't think there were any deal breakers for me. But did you, didn't you have like a couple things? Yeah. So I think it was a little long. Mm. Um, the ending, I, I thought the beginning, the first, like definitely the first half was great. Went by really fast. It was the ending part when all of a sudden she's back with um, William Defoe, God's character. And then we find out that she has a husband from before oh, yeah. when she was, I forgot the, her prior name before she became Bella. But all of a sudden this man walks in and he's like, you are my wife. Like we were married before you, uh, she essentially tried to like kill herself. Yeah. And 
then she's like all of a sudden is like oh i'm gonna go with you you him or like you i'm gonna go and like see what this life is and like go and live with him and i just felt like the film was about to wrap up in a really nice way of a f and it could have been anything and then all of a sudden we took this detour into like this psycho controlling man yeah and I don't know, I don't think it was necessary for me. Yeah. It kind of just started dragging on of me being like, okay, I get it. It's another guy. And like, I'm, I get it. She's going to escape him and then go back to the family. Yeah. So I don't know if that was needed. I think that also would have taken out about 15 minutes, which then wouldn't have made the film feel as long as it did towards the end. Mm -hmm. Do you think that was needed that part? I don't think it was a hundred percent needed, but <clears throat> uh, but I think it was um, good that they had uh, like a, some background to her of why she wanted to kill herself, and okay. and you know that somebody did eventually come looking for her. Mm -hmm. So I guess that would be like kind of a plot hole if that wasn't in there. But I think it was like a longer. I think the timing of it was definitely abrupt, like because it was pretty much wrapping up the third act yeah you know like well, i think it's yeah i didn't mind him kind of showing up to, <clears throat> at the wedding part because i got that of like okay mark ruffalo's character is so distraught that he's trying everything that he can to end to not have her marry this person i just didn't like that she all of a sudden was like i'm gonna go with him and yeah. i get it that yeah. it's supposed to be that she's impulsive <clears throat> now and is trying to figure out what she wants to do with her life at this point but i don't know it felt very off yeah. It didn't feel like it was a choice that the character actually would have made. It was just kind of like, oh, let's go down this. And I was going to say, I think I think to go over what you're saying, it, my impression by that point in the story was that she learned not to get manipulated. anymore. Yeah. So I think for her to just whimsically give into that again didn't make much sense no because you know? it was like what did yeah. she learn then at the brothel right yeah and like she clearly knows that duncan took advantage of her yeah. and then duncan was literally behind him so why would you buy into that again yeah and then just be like oh well i guess that makes sense if he did love me originally i should go so and then um rami yusuf's character has been nothing but kind and generous to her he's so just a pushover he is a pushover to a point yeah he's he's definitely but at least he's like the one redeemable male nice. in the movie He's literally yeah. yeah um so yeah i guess i guess that was part of it but. i just didn't like that part because i did like the ending i liked yes. how they like all she ends up uh she starts studying to be like a doctor the just next, like the next yeah. person and then I, like i don't know part of me thinks they only introduced that husband because they wanted to turn him into one of the creatures yeah that's true yeah that's true i, I mean, feel like yargos had like that crazy idea of mm -hmm. oh she should do a surgery on somebody but who yeah. would she do it on like a part of me thinks do it to ruffalo's character mm -hmm. i think they could have totally not brought in that additional uh male you know what i thought they were pushing um which is how i wanted it to end was was so Willem was like giving his whole back backstory, <clears throat> the whole movie. And he's like, you know, people don't see me as this beautiful person because I'm physically scarred. Like they don't see my work as like important, you know. So I thought that because he was on his way out that they were going to take his brain and put it in 
to the the husbands. Oh, so to because then he would be a beautiful person, and then he could still go on creating. Wow, I was hoping that that might happen. That would have been a better ending. Really? No, no. <laughs> yes. You know what? It would have been a better one than. I don't know. I just thought it was kind of weird that they now have like this random guy. Yeah. Well, I did. That's what. And that, the only reason I did think that was was because I thought they were bringing him in for this bigger reason. Like, but instead, okay. she just wanted to make him into which is a, fair too. Yeah. A, a cow or a, a goat. A goat. A goat. A goat. Yeah. yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Goat spraying goat. him. Yeah. That was great. I mean, that was a it's great. Wild. Too. It's so wild. I mean, yeah. this film really does have just like small little details that. I feel like on second or even third viewings, you'd still catch up on things that you yeah. didn't see on the first time. Oh, absolutely. And yeah. even lines that were fun. I mean, there were moments that I was laughing so hard that I didn't hear the next line. Um, yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. The the dialogue. I really want to just like read the script sometime and, and just unpack it. Like there's one line I have here um, where she says, uh, oh, she's talking to, to Rami Yusuf's character, Max. And she said, uh, she says, uh, Wedderburn became much weepy and swearing when he discovered my whoring. I find myself, and then he goes, I find myself merely jealous of the men's time with you rather than any moral aspirations against you. It is your body, Bella Baxter, yours to give freely. And she goes, I generally charge 30 francs. And she goes, well, that seems low. <laughs> so, <laughs> it's so, so like, good. Like the timing of that is just like, who can think of that? I, I don't, it's, it's unbelievable because it's not. Shakespeare, but it's it has that it has that like British tempo bit, of it, yeah. kind of. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah. No, it was it's so funny. It's a really good film. What what's uh, some of your final thoughts on on the, the film before we give scores? Um, my final thoughts are I don't think it's my favorite of Yorgos's. Mm -hmm. Um, I still think I don't know the lobster for me just like holds a soft soft spot in my heart, but. Yeah. This is, it's up there. It's such an impressive film. It's also, mm -hmm. um, like I said, I think I said this before, but Emma Stone, I think it's her best performance that I've seen yet. I, I, I'm going to have to agree with you there. Um, Emma Stone carries this movie like in ways that I didn't think she could carry, like just, just being a lead actress. Yeah. And like, I knew she was going to be the powerhouse cell of this film. Um, but just for her as a performer and an artist, she does things that like she goes places I've never seen her go. Mm -hmm. and, and like you were saying, I don't think there's anyone else in Hollywood that that has this skill set to, to play this character at this point in time. I agree. And she's just so well tailored to this part and for her to be so thoroughly understanding of the material and everything that comes with that is is unbelievable. Um, so yeah, I, I was just, you know, round of applause for Emma Stone and, and every, everything that came with it. And then Yorgos's vision for the project, too, for it to be like it, it almost his other projects, The Lobster and like The Favorite is, is kind of a different world of his mm -hmm. separate from The Lobster. But he used to have like very naturalistic environments, yeah. you know, like The Lobster has <clears throat> some interesting environments to it, but not anything like this you no, know like, this like, is a total different yeah. dimension yeah absolutely and um another thing i wanted to add too was that he's worked with um searchlight before and this is i think their fourth project together with searchlight mm. um and then he has another one coming out soon with emma stone next year that's due out it's called kinds of kindness 
<clears throat> there's no plot details yet, but it's also going to start Jesse Plemons, Willem Dafoe, and Hunter Schaefer with Margaret Qualley. Who was also so, in this. Yes, yeah. So that's cool that she's also getting another recurring role and uh, Willem Dafoe is going to come back. But yeah, this, this film is also one of many for Searchlight that's having a big year. We got Poor Things, Next Goal Wins, All the Strangers in Theater Camp just for this year. And last year was Banshees of Inishirin, um, The Menu, Fresh, um, Empire of Light, just to name a few. So Searchlight's been doing great. And yeah. it's nice to see that another studio is going to back some independent work like this. And I think it's only like an indie studio that that would let, or an indie label that would let free range of a project like this <laughs> happen, here. you know? Like, you're well, not letting Disney do this. Yeah, like, <laughs> could you imagine the pitch? So it's a female Frankenstein who there's about 30 yeah. sex scenes. <laughs> yes. Yeah, she goes and <laughs> just has sexual relations with a lot of the men that she meets and then has all this liberating experiences. But yeah, there's, there's, like I said, there's, there's so much to this film that thank you searchlight for letting this happen. And, yeah. And just, you know, the, these are the kind of movies that like really, they, they just accent the other movie, like blockbusters and stuff like that. Like every time now and again, you need those those breaks from the bigger movies. You need something a little smaller, a little more refined mm -hmm. for somebody's taste buds. And and this is just something that like moviegoers like us definitely appreciate. So it's really cool. But yeah, I mean, should we do? Yeah. Well, should we talk awards or should we do scores? Go go awards first. Okay. Yeah. So, do we think let's start directing? You are goes? Yeah, I think he gets a nom. Absolutely. He I think so. I think he's totally going to yeah. get one. Mm -hmm. um, and so Emma Stone, I'm locked in yeah. that she, I would even say that she's going to win. Yeah, I, I wouldn't, I wouldn't disagree with you. Yeah, I, I think, I think she's absolutely getting nominated. And it, like, it, there's really, I think we were talking about this off camera. There's yeah. not many actresses this year that can compete with her range in this so there's great performances mm -hmm. but her it's just like on another level mm -hmm. yeah it's just it, it's something that i haven't seen before yeah um what do you think about ruffalo or defoe i i would like ruffalo to get a nom but i i don't think like i think there's better supporting actor performances this year mm -hmm. so he might get left out um i think willem might get nominated i'm not sure i know he's getting other buzz from the other award shows um that and they've both gotten nominated for a couple of them too so yeah i don't know like what do you think about those two i don't think so okay um just because it's not really uh, all right Willem Dafoe, I feel like I've seen him kind of in this realm before <laughs> so it's not really anything that i was surprised about Ruffalo, he is pushing himself, so I feel like maybe they'd throw him one just to be like, we like this, keep going. Yeah. Um, but I don't think either of them would win. I don't, I don't think, think they would win no. either. I think a nom is is fair enough, you know. But yeah. but it's a stacked year, so it is. There's a lot happening. Up. Yeah. Um what else? So you think production design? I think it has to win production design. I think there's a couple great competitors, but this one is literally on steroids. What do you think is like the closest competitor? I think Priscilla is close. Priscilla's in there. I mean, it's it's like the greatest ones this year 
undoubtedly service their own stories. Mm-hmm. Priscilla's Priscilla's servicing its story to in a lot of great ways. It's not. It's obviously not the same as this. But no, it's two different things. And it couldn't be the same as this. You know, like it would just be wrong for that to be anything like that. But um, yeah, Priscilla Oppenheimer. Uh, I like I like what they did with period and holdovers. Barbie. Bar Barbie's another good one. Lots of great stuff there. Um, there's a couple other period ones. I'm trying to remember. There's there's so many. I gotta it's so recap. There's a lot of great movies. Maestro maybe. Um, there's a lot. There's a lot going. There's a lot. Yeah. I mean, I think this is definitely going to be in Best Picture. Absolutely, it has to be. I think solid nom. Do you think it would win? Mm, well, if we're going back to some of the quirky winners that have won, like Shape of Water, like um, there's there's just so many like artsy films that have won surprisingly sometimes. Like even Everything Everywhere All at Once mm-hmm. is pretty artsy for a Best Picture winner. Um, I I think it's got a good shot. I think I think the biggest one because of the cast is is Oppenheimer. I think that has a good shot at Best Picture. Okay. But I mean, Poor Things yeah. did win the um, what's the award? It was at Venice, right? Oh, the the Palm Palm d'Or or the oh that's no. Hold on, I gotta find the Golden it. Lion. The, I think it was the Golden Lion at, at, at Venice. At Venice. Hold on one second. Hold on. I think you're right. My it's got a good shot. I think it's got a great shot at just there like like we said there there's so much going for it it's it, it's got everything you could want in a movie every department was working super hard to to achieve what they did so it did win the golden lion golden lion okay cool so do you think it could win i think it could win yeah <laughs> i do i do people i think, I think it, it could, could win, win. <laughs> <laughs> what and then what else what like uh, costumes has to win costumes costumes definitely getting a nom I think I'm, I'm putting like ballot in. For, Are you? Yeah, for absolutely. Costume. It has to. Okay. It has to. I mean, there's a great, there's another great series of comp competitors, but. Yeah. I know, but I just think of like all the Barbie archives. Barbie's got good stuff too. Barbie's yeah. got great stuff. Barbie's got great costumes. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Let's do scores. Let's do scores. Go ahead. Um, I am going to give this a i'm going to stick with the thread that i've been doing and i'm going to do a solid 9.5 oh wow wow is there a reason just the ending part that you were no the only reason is that um this didn't move me really film like as much as like other ones have like i think it's a very entertaining film and i think it has a good thing <laughs> what? What? we just had the whole conversation no, no, no. Like, about I think her character great, arc. i think it's a great character arc but you know what you guys know me i love a good cry at the end of the day i like being emotionally affected i wasn't emotionally affected i was inspired I was inspired, but I was not emotionally moved. I damn near fell out of my chair, Liz. <laughs> and so, Whoa. what? Like some other ones, like m- the big ones for me this year have just like ripped my heart out and uh, like pushed me <laughs> off the bridge. This didn't push. <laughs> didn't push me off. It didn't push you off the bridge when they were literally seeing dead babies in a canyon. No. This would probably be like number six for me. 
Of it's just the, shy of five. What, is it, what do we measure the scale of? Okay, so right now like, my, tell me how, my number. Does Barbie punch you more emotionally it than did. this? Oh, <laughs> all right. I mean, I Are guess. Are you kidding me? When well, they're showing I, the montage of all the real women in Barbie. Mm -hmm, yeah. And she's like, what was I made for? Yeah. Oh, Don't it's even great. get me started. It, it punches you, but that's the last 20 minutes. So? <laughs> Okay, this was beating me down. No, it's, it's still good. It's a high score, 9.5. Oh, it is high. It I'll is tell high. you what's above it. That was such a crazy, like, I thought. <laughs> you thought it was going to be a 10? No, I thought we were on the same page with the what? emotional. That's oh, no, so no. funny. It's That's a so very funny. inspiring. Yeah. I like the story. I think they bring it. I think they have a good point of view. <laughs> but, like, like, the movies that moved me this year are... I'm sure you guys probably know at this point. It's um, past lives, past lives, all the strangers, all the strangers, Maestro even mm -hmm. moved me. Barbie, Iron Claw moved me more than this movie did. Okay, oh, well, <laughs> look, those yeah, are those are fair. Yeah, I like. But I this it's number six for me. It's really it's, great film. There's good. too many though. There are too many. All right, give me yours. I'm going ten. <laughs> well, look, like, and that's not to. That's not to. Like I, I actually agree with all, like pretty much everything you're saying, and um, yeah, I just I I thought this movie was just so unique. With mm -hmm. I've never seen anything like this. Like in a, in a brief amount of words, I've never seen anything like the scale of what they did. The the the, the surrealness of making it also easy to understand. You know, like there's there's a lot of really artsy films out there. A lot of them foreign films or or like expressionistic styles um but this one was it was digestible but it, it was also th thematic and it, it had a lot of profound things to say while it was giving you that quirky energy of just satire and mm -hmm. and obliviousness and um carefree attitude so i i liked a lot of what was going for it um and so it, it was just for its uniqueness alone i, I want to say it's a 10 for me but and there's like very there's a lot of tens this year, or a lot close to it, you know. I know. So it's good. It's good. It's good. It's good, it's good year. year. It's, it's good. It's good. It's good year. Well, does that wrap it up for us, Liz? That wraps Do you have it anything up for left me. to say? I, sweep I, me out of the rug again? as much as you guys just ripped me apart i do love this movie i think it's really good and i think that it's gonna win i said that it was gonna win best film so like i yeah look i'm honestly i'm just giving you a hard time to be honest uh, that's just what it is i'm gonna start campaigning for barbie to win best picture no, okay no, it look, won't. look it'll probably be in there so i think poor yeah. poor things will win best picture i'm stating it Ooh, right that's now. good that's good i like that early prediction well I think that's going to do it. I think that's going to wrap up another episode of the Cinema Wave podcast for us. Um, thank you for tuning in. Uh, this has been a great conversation about poor things. Yorgos Lanthimos' latest film. Um, there's a lot to talk about with this movie, so I think you should rewatch the whole thing if you really are interested. But be sure to subscribe and follow us on our Cinema Wave podcast channel on Instagram and TikTok. And then there's also a Culture Wave media page that we would like you to follow. Okay, so just follow our pages and um, we love all the work that we're doing right now and we're super happy to share it with you guys. So thank you for following us along the journey and we'll see you next time.